We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know what I saw? You know what I saw? You know what that one took? You know what that one took? It took guts. 60 minutes. That's hard. Give me that game ball. Where were you? I'm going to get the first one. Talk about guts. The old man was on one leg, and he was not going to be denied on that last play. Kareem Hunt, where are you? comes out, he goes four for four with a long of 58. Where is Smoothie's on me. Smoothie's on me. Okay, running out of superlatives. Nine tackles, two sacks, one tackle for loss, one PBU, and a blocked kick. It's for all of us. And I, I said this to the D-line, but no takes in history. We're making history. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Browns on three. One, two, three. Browns. What's up, everybody? Welcome into your Victory Monday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. Your Browns beat the Colts 39-38 in a game I don't think any of us will be forgetting anytime soon. Let's put it that way. These, these sorts of games that are back and forth, wild first and second half, a lot of scoring, these sort of have a way of sticking in your mind. And there are huge moments in this game that will also provide that uh, element of, of, uh, of, of memory for us down the line. But the first game that came to mind was the one out in, in L.A. against the Chargers in 21, kind of a similar score where the Browns had no business losing, right? I, I think that is a game you guys recall. There was a there was a home, I think also in 21, a home, uh, I think it was Monday Night Football perhaps, uh, against the Ravens that the Browns lost in high-scoring fashion like this. They've been involved in quite a few of these. If I'm forgetting one from last year, I apologize, but 
They have been in these before, and again, like last week with the missed field goal, more often than not, they don't go in the Browns' favor. But that, to, to, listen, today it happened. It's a 39-38 win. That's fantastic. And it's Victory Monday. You should be happy about that. I'm happy about that. The Browns are 4-2. and two. They put themselves in a nice position early in the season with two games coming up against the NFC West that they can win. Seattle, good football team, going there, never easy, but they can win. You come home for the Cardinals. They have a chance to do something really special here, one of their better starts in franchise history. I think, though, in order to get to that discussion, we have to talk about the the stuff around the offense. And the defense wasn't very good either. And we'll get to that. That'll have its time. But for now, the, the looming cloud is the Browns' offense and what the hell is going on with it and, what, and what's going on with Deshaun Watson. So we have to hit on it. You guys are tired of hearing me talk about Deshaun Watson probably in the last month. I'm tired of talking about him. I don't wake up and say, man, I really want to talk about the uncertainty surrounding Deshaun Watson. But guess what the biggest talking point is for this team? It's the way either Deshaun is playing or whoever is playing at quarterback and, and what it takes to get that guy right. Because, listen, today wasn't, again, we'll talk about defense in a minute, wasn't a great showing, right, from, from the defense. They're, they're going to have better days. Shane Steichen, nice coach in Indy. I think he's going to do great things for them. It's a bummer they don't have Anthony Richardson, but Gardner Minshew put together one of the better games against the Browns defense we've seen all year, particularly, actually, factually, the best EPA, throw EPA game we've seen. And they ran it fairly well, too. So, again, back to the offense, though. This is where you have to start. In the game, Deshaun Watson starts one of five. Throws for five yards. Gets picked off. Really underthrown corner route that had to be up on the sideline. Could have been caught. It wasn't covered very well. Underthrown. It was cut off by the safety. Easy pick. Come back out the next time he's on the field. He's rolling to the left after getting out of chaos in the pocket. And tries to throw back across his body, exposing the right shoulder to a hit. Takes a hit. Slams his head on the ground. Doesn't really look like he braces with the right arm very much. Doesn't really look like there's a whole bunch of right shoulder stuff that would happen there. Again, unless you're pretty physically still beat up. He ends up leaving. That ball should have been intercepted. Thought it was. Can't believe it actually bounced. But that's two blatantly obvious interceptions. One of which, again, turnover worthy throw. However you want to label it, it's awful. He did not look like an NFL quarterback in the slightest in his time on the field. So, with that stuff, guys, you have to ask the question, okay, to be fair of why he was out there. You have to ask it. Like, what, okay, five throws into this game, you're convinced if the, the shoulder's fine, he checks out, the concussion is good, none of that hit, you got to get him out of the game. So, okay, is he playing at a limited capacity? He wasn't able to take any hits? Because if you guys know Deshaun Watson like I do, that guy plays a very reckless brand of football. He will, at times to his benefit, but also at times to his detriment, extend plays, take hits, and try to deliver football throws downfield. That's not great for a guy with a beat-up shoulder if the shoulder isn't still right. So, that's where my question sits. If after five throws, for a guy like Deshaun Watson who needs, 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 reps, 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 needs them, he missed a month of time here, he missed a lot of practice, Obviously missed three games. He needs reps coming off of last year where he missed 12 games. He needs them. So why are we taking him out five throws into the game? If you think another quarterback is better suited to win you this game like P.J. Walker, that's one thing. If you think he's not medically healthy enough to wear the hit that he exposed himself to and continue playing, that's a different discussion. So you guys just totally misjudged it. 
you didn't think he'd get hit? He was always going to get hit. That's how he plays, right? Once the concussion comes back clean, once the shoulder comes back clean from the medical staff in the tent, why are we calling his day at that point? That's where my question sits. You're trying to tell me you protected him, right? Kevin Stefanski says, we protected him. We wanted to make the decision to protect our franchise quarterback. Okay, I get it. We all want that, but why is he playing then? Did you did you think he wouldn't get hit? I really don't understand it, guys. I really don't. And I didn't care if he didn't play. It was not a problem to me. Continue to get that shoulder right so you can play the brand of football that you're most comfortable playing. The, the, you know, Deshaun doesn't play the game of football in a very quick delivery style. He is not, I mean, Minshew in this game was like a 2.6 time to throw guy. Deshaun hovers near three. Sometimes when he's really dialed in and reading, processing quickly and the scheme stuff, the, the game plan calls for getting rid of it quickly, he can get down to the 2.6, but that's not where he lives, right? And not all quarterbacks do that. So it's a stylistic thing. He is not in a great situation as the type of quarterback he is to deal with this injury. So I just, I continue to be amazed that five throws in, if he's not hurt, if he's not had a concussion, why do you feel the need to replace him in that fashion? Do you think he's mentally lapsed? He can't understand the speed of the game. You guys gave him Thursday, Friday. He should feel pretty adept at what the game plan is asking him to do. I get, again, I'm just I'm leaving a little baffled with it. You can say, yeah, we'll just take him out, reset it. This game did more for his confidence in the worst direction than it could possibly do. It really did. The, the throws he was making, the decisions he was making, how hostile he felt after the game and the presser, it's pretty clear he's frustrated. This game did nothing to help him. The only way a guy who's dealing with a shoulder injury of some variety gets better is getting used to playing with it with live bullets flying. Not when you're at practice wearing a red jersey knowing you can never get hit. You have to get used to the speed of the game, the feel of the game, and throwing. Yeah, the two interceptions were awful. You don't think P.J. Walker put the ball in front of the Colts to, to take it away? It's pretty clear he did that many times. If Watson is cleared, he needs to play. I don't understand it. And if he's not able to play and trust him to play, why is he playing? That's my question because that makes no sense to me. You're exposing him to stuff that he's clearly not ready for. Now, there could be elements at play here, a quarterback demanding to start. We saw that back in the day with Baker Mayfield. Uh, pressure from people above Kevin to give him a chance to play, and then he just gets fed up with it and pulls the plug on his own during the game when nobody can come talk to him or tell him what to do. I just I have questions. I'm going to move off the Watson topic because this is a victory, but this is the thing. I have no better analogy here than, than to say it the way I'm saying it. The Browns have a championship-level defense. I actually think they're special teams now. We've seen Dustin Hopkins in this game hit from... 53 different times, right? They have a championship level of defense and special teams here. I firmly believe that. They have a quarter, the worst quarterback unit, and Watson currently has the worst quarterback EPA in the NFL. So Watson alone is the worst in the NFL. The quarterback unit is collectively the worst. No team in the NFL, guys, is throwing the football worse than the Cleveland Browns from an EPA per dropback standpoint. That tells you ever they're 4-2 and two with that. If they just get average quarterback play, this team has a chance to go deep in the playoffs. And if they were to get Watson back to being a top 10 quarterback, not even top 5, top 10, they have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Your franchise has a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl. And that's what's frustrating to me, is it's right there. You can see it, but there's something broken with Watson's mental side, the shoulder, all of it. And the way that it's all being handled 
is very, very strange. And I don't trust them. And I don't think we should, any of us should be trusting them to get it right because it doesn't feel like they can do just that. They cannot get the timing of it right. The delay in the initial diagnosis, the way it's all sort of worked out in the media side, the way it all came together this week, late week practice, late week practice, and then start, it's hard to trust them on this. Yeah, the Titans game was nice. It was a different feel from what we've mostly seen this year from Watson, which is struggling. Maybe that can be the thing once he gets more exposure to, to playing again. But for now, the frustration of the month away from the team as a starting quarterback coming into this and then what he did in his reps in this game, it doesn't get more discouraging. And I and again, like I said, the analogy is not great, but it's like it's like having a shot collar on about where you can go. You can get out, it's like a dog, you know, for the, the reference of the Browns. You can get out and run around and have a great time, you know, do some great things in the yard. But if you stray too far, if you think you can go further, right, this team can be this. Well, the shot collar of the quarterback play is sitting there to bring you back inside the perimeter. They can't go beyond that. They can see those other teams off in the distance that they should be able to play with, but they can't go there. That's what the quarterback play is doing to them. They have to get it fixed. You're running out of ways to excuse it, right? Running out of ways to excuse it. So you're either trading for a backup who is more capable than P.J. Walker to offset whatever's going on with Watson and let it truly continue to blow past, give him more, more, more time, or you're telling me if Watson's fine, I can stomach losing a game like this. Maybe you couldn't. I could stomach losing games in the short term to get Watson right for the long term because the long-term outlook of the Cleveland Browns rides squarely on the shoulders of Deshaun Watson. Point blank period. If he is going to be the guy that they traded for, gave up three first-round picks, gave him a hefty contract, he has to be able to carry this franchise. And he has done none of that so far. So that's where the problem is. Statistically in this game, we're going to talk about that. We're going to come back from the break, hit on the defense, Get over to Fit Check and call it a show. We need to do more processing of the game, but the Watson stuff we have to talk about. It's got to be a big part of stuff. So I know you might not want to hear it, but this is the reality you're living in as a Cleveland Browns fan, and I always promise to deliver that reality for you. Whether you agree with me or not, that's the reality. We'll be right back. Quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co, but I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's hit the stats from this game and talk about the guys who mattered, right? Let's start out with team stats. The Colts went for 20 first downs. The Browns went for 18. The Colts actually had the most successful third down operation against the Browns defense we have seen all year, 7 of 15 in third downs. Uh, The Browns are averaging like 23% for teams converting third downs against them this year, so that 47% number is pretty strong. Uh, The Browns, again, struggle. If the Browns get early first downs, which they did, uh, that, that 18 number, but if they get to third down, 4 of 16, they're not very good in that scenario. Total net yards, the Browns 316 to the Colts 456. Offensive plays pretty similar, though. The Cleveland 72, Colts 67. Two more yards per play for the Colts, 6.8 to the Browns, 4.4. Rushing net was pretty similar, 150 for the Browns, 168 for the Colts. So the Colts ran it 40 times, right? They ran for 168, but that 4.2 average is kind of where the Browns have been all year. Just the Colts are able to convert some first downs. The passing net's the big difference, 166 for the Browns. Minshew actually threw for 305, 15 of 23, 305. Two touchdowns through the air. Two touchdowns on the ground. We'll talk about that later this week, the schematic stuff that was causing the Brown fits. Um, uh, Again, penalties four for the Browns for 28 for 67 for the Colts. And again, if the Browns jump offside, if Miles or whoever, Zedarius, can you just blow the offensive lineman up or just go after the quarterback unimpeded so they blow the play dead? Stop jumping offside and then like not 
continuing to play. It's 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 like these free plays. That's what the offense covets. So so don't allow them to get that. No good outcome can ever come from that. You're either giving them five yards or you're giving up a chunk play. So just make sure the play gets blown dead when you make that mistake. Just a little thing. Uh, the Browns finally won the turnover battle. First time all season. Colts turn it over four times. The Browns turn it over two. Obviously, the fourth turnover was the the end of the game. Uh, situation, but the Browns still would have won that 3-2, so you feel good about that, and that's why they won, right? Miles being a freak of nature, playing one of the best games we've ever seen from a Browns defensive lineman, just really great stuff. Uh, the punting was phenomenal in this one for the Browns, five punts, 54.4. The Colts actually pretty good too, five times on their end for 52. Flipping the field, man, was not a problem for these punters in the in the uh, open, open roof Lucas Oil Stadium. Four touchdowns for the Browns, five for the Colts, but the difference is the Browns get four field goals, go four of four, while the Colts go one of two on field goals, uh, pretty even time of possession, so that didn't matter much. On the Brown side, 11 carries, 74 yards for uh, Jerome Ford. Now, this is where we talk about run game efficiency. You say, Jerome Ford, 11 carries, 74 yards, 6.7 per carry. That's awesome. He had a 69-yard touchdown run right off the bat. That means he spent 10 carries the rest of the game going for five yards. That's awful. That's a problem with the Browns' offense. They are one of the biggest boom or bust rushing teams in the NFL right now. So what I mean by that is that they are, I think they're like sixth in the NFL right now in negative or zero rushes. The plays that result in negative yardage or zero on a rush. But they also are like, like I think seventh or sixth in explosive run rate, runs over 12 plus yards. So if you're watching and you're like, okay, when they get a first down, they're fine. But if they, if they have like a first down run for negative one, you know, Joe Thomas had this famous speech about run game efficiency, and I think it was posted on Twitter forever ago, where it's like, if you go for 6, 4, 12, 3, 7, 4, 7, 5, that's run game efficiency. If you go 0, negative 1, negative 3, 1, 3, negative 3, 68, that changes the scope of it. They're not an efficient running team. That's the biggest problem. Kareem Hunt in this game, 10 of 31, two touchdowns. He ran hard. The two touchdowns were great, especially the last one. Impressive stuff. Ran really hard, like I said. Pierre Strong, 8 for 25. Thought he was fine. We'll review that tape, but the the numbers were not impressive. After that first rush, they really did not run the ball very well throughout this game at all, and they need to be able to run it better. The negative rushes, where I'm talking like negative 4, negative 5, were on display here. Not good enough. P.J. Walker, like I said earlier, uh, okay for his standard coming off the bench in this one. 15 of 32, 178, an interception. Deshaun, as I said, one for five, five yards in interception. P.J. Walker is P.J. Walker, man. He's going to make a majority of bad plays, a couple good ones. You hope that if your defense is playing well, he makes just enough good ones to matter. And a ball up the right sideline to Elijah Moore in that third down and long situation, that was a great throw. Beat cover two. Kudos to him. He made enough plays to win, but again, that's just judging results, looking at quarterback win-loss stuff. And here, if you're looking at the last two weeks and you want to know why never to look at quarterback win-loss as the true barometer of quarterback success, this is your example, folks. All right, uh, Elijah Moore, going to write about him at some point, have some stuff I want to put in paper. I kind of wanted to give him another chance uh, in this one to see where they used him alignment-wise. I was relatively encouraged by the usage of him in this one, using him outside a little bit more. Thought he made some nice plays. He had four for 59 to lead them. David Njoku, five for 54. couple drops he cannot have. Big moment drops, too. Amari Cooper had two catches for 22 yards on eight targets. Not very effective in this one. Dropped a back shoulder ball. Had another ball on a slant he let go through his hands. Not a good version of Amari in this one. Three catches, sorry, two catches on three targets. 22 for Donovan Peoples-Jones. 
Jerome Ford, two catches on four targets for 20, and then Marquise Goodwin had one catch for six. That's it for the pass catchers. Not a very good day for them collectively. Defensively, Miles, A-plus, man. I mean, this is the stuff where you you finally start to see some of those big plays that just don't ever seem to happen, you know, in a way that gives him the full effect of some of the other guys. Like the strip sack fumble in the end zone was just fantastic work. Getting that recovered, the fumble luck going the right direction. I mean, the field goal thing was like true freak of nature stuff to just sort of just broad jump over the top of those guys. Like, just wild, man. Like, just not, again, this guy's cut from the same element of like chromosomes that we are. Like, he seems like he's from a different planet at times. And I mean, that's as special a game as you'll see. Nine total tackles, two sacks, created 10 points on his own, essentially. He won them this game. From that perspective, Delpit had 10 tackles. Walker had eight. Thornhill, seven. Tony Field, six. Uh, Zadarius Smith with four. A slew of guys with four, including Ward, Okoronkwo, Owusu Koromoa, Shelby Harris, and Dalvin Thomason. There's some stuff about guys missing time I need to see a little bit more of. Denzel Ward made a nice interception where he kind of baited Minshew into throwing that RPO where he kind of turned the hips outside and worked back inside. That was a great play. So encouraged by some of that. But the miscommunications we are going to break down this week that led to six plays of explosive passing in this game for the Colts. Six plays. The Browns had led up in the first five games 11 total plays of 20-plus yards in a pass. Those are explosive pass plays. In this one alone, they allowed six. So very uncharacteristic. we got to look at why that happened. Uh, Not encouraging stuff. But again, this was going to happen. I mean eventually teams were going to figure this out. They got enough tape on the Browns out now defensively to know a little bit more about what they're going to do tendency-wise with Schwartz. It was going to catch up with them, but now it turns into how do they adjust to offenses adjusting to them. And again, I think the Colts with Steichen, very good group. I think they're going to be successful long-term, and Schwartz just has to get the group to rally and figure out what the bus stuff was, why it happened, and how to rectify it. I think he can do that. On the Colts side, Jonathan Taylor, 18 for 75, a touchdown, looking a lot like himself. Zach Moss, who's going to be good for somebody next year, 18 carries, 57 yards. Minshew with the three for 29 and two touchdowns. Those are not going to be highlight real plays that you see at the end of the career for Juan Thornhill. Or um, I think he got Grant Delpit on another one, too. Those were just giving up inside leverage, and he cuts back and runs them in. It was really disheartening, I'm sure, for you guys watching. Minshew, 15 of 23, 305, two touchdowns, the one interception. Josh Downs continues to be a nice player, young rookie from North Carolina who we were very high on in the draft. Five catches, 125, a touchdown, including a 59-yarder. Michael Pittman, two catches, 83, a touchdown, including a 75-yarder. Alec Pierce, the youngster from Cincinnati in year two, three catches for 53, including a 32-yarder. And then on a little rail route up the sideline where, again, you get JOK working underneath the short little stick route, can't quite get there in time. Hits for 20 yards. Jonathan Taylor went three catches, 45, 20 yards total. Zach Moss had one for five. And then they blew up a screen to Mo Alley-Cox, who uh, went for negative six on a nice play there. I think it was Delpit on that. I can't remember. Anyway, on the defensive side, Zaire Franklin had 11 tackles for them. Kenny Moore, 10. Shaq Leonard, 7. Justin Blackman, 5. I think that's actually Julian Blackman. He had five. And then Quiddy Pay had five. Buckner had five. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Kind of, Kind of wrapping up, concluding initial thoughts of this thing I, I gotta watch the film not to quote old Hugh Jackson here it was just it, it was a wild game you don't get many games like this where you're like riding the roller coaster of emotion I'll give the Browns credit I mean that last drive whether you want to be happy or sad I mean to whatever side you want to say the officiating stuff there at the end was uh, 
Let's just call it interesting. It's hard for me to get mad for, you know, on behalf of the Colts when the Browns have been on the wrong side of that stuff so many times. You know, so you catch a real break. I couldn't believe it watching it live. They called that. Um, you know, I think the one on Cooper was justifiable. I just couldn't believe they called it. I think the one with the DPI in the corner of the end zone is hard because how high can a guy jump if it's uncatchable? You watch it in the naked eye, you're like, okay, that's quite clearly uncatchable. But if a guy jumps, you know, I think that's a gray area for officials. So I wasn't really surprised to see that situationally called and getting to fourth down. And I'm a fan of fourth down. I would have run one of those earlier, to be honest. But, um, you know, they don't. They they have a couple chances. David drops one. Another one that would have been a touchdown flipped to him. But the ball was really flipped way too hard. And that, too, like, they got to be able to do some of this simple stuff. Like, the little shovel flip there to, to Njoku at the goal line, that's got to get caught. The little spin out on third and, sorry, fourth and short on the other side of the 50 would have been perfectly done to sell dive and pitch off of it. Teams use that play all the time. Jerome Ford just doesn't catch it. Just the little things with an NFL unit that you shouldn't see where they're just messing up simplistic things. It's like eventually, I mean, the player's got to be able to do the little stuff at some point without blaming coaches. You can't just run up the middle, run duo or inside zone 75 times a game because they can't do it. Hey, I expect NFL players to be able to do toss pitch stuff, right? These are NFL players. These aren't Pop Warner kids, man. Like, Make a play. Do the simple stuff. I'm not asking you guys to go crazy. They executed a flea flicker screen pass, but they can't execute short little toss pitches to each other. Like, got to be better at the little things for this offense. It continues to bite them so often. But they get to 39 points. They win a 39-38 game. So it's a victory. But I, again, you guys can probably feel it the same way I'm talking about it, where it is. It is a victory. It is nice to win. There are no bad wins in the NFL. But when the surrounding elements, which is the defense finally getting gashed, that hurts a little bit, although you can give a very reasonable, justifiable explanation about how they are, they're fine, right? But the, the offense stuff is uneasy. And if you're of the belief that this is just going to get itself figured out, right on, kudos to you. I just don't have that belief yet. Maybe it ultimately happens. We'll see. We'll talk about all of it this week. Check in. I really don't want to spend a ton of time on Watson because... It just is such a, we've been doing it for so long and it's such, it's such a bogging down situation. We're going to have to talk about him during specific periods of like when he's practicing or what new news we have, but I'm going to try guys to not talk about him every, I mean, it's hard. He's the most important figure in the franchise and it's broken, but I really want to try to accentuate some of the other positives and negatives that deserve to be talked about from this game. So I'll do my best. Try. That's all I can do. Try to do my best. Uh, and again, I'm not saying we will all agree on those things, but I will give you my opinion that I think is uh, very well researched and thought out and hope for the best. And like I said, as long as anytime we have these discussions, keep it civil. I'm open to different opinions on it. So always open to Twitter conversations or things through the OBR at any point. So, all right, that's it for today. I'm going to shift over to Fit Check, which we always do on Mondays. I like to get my wife involved in the show. She gets a big kick out of it. So if you don't stick around for Fit Check, thanks for stopping by. Uh, I appreciate you being here. If you do stick around for Fit Check, that is coming up right after a quick break. Always love doing a Fit Check after a win. You know that Kelby's here. What's up, Kelby? Hello there. Let's talk about some outfits. JOK, start us off. Describe it. She's better describing, so we're going to let her describe. Then I'm going to challenge her on the score. Go ahead. 
This is a um, just another little heritage fit. It's look looking good on him. It's the like shoe, a the shoes look comfortable. The shoes look very comfortable. I would like a pair of those. It looks like he's got a pedicure. Um, it's like a little lilac-y, silver mm. color. I like it, but I want to see something different out of him, so I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. That's his lowest score yet. I know. It's very, it is very chic. I like it. All right, uh, next up we have Zadarius. Oh, I like that look. Yeah, that looks like a hand-painted. But is it camo? Um, it's not camo. No, it's not camo. It's like it's trees and some wheatgrass maybe. Um, okay. With some double-breasted pockets. Yeah, does he get that from Cabela's? <laughs> it does kind of look like something, some like real mossy oak or some whatever. Duluth real tree. Yeah. No, I don't nah, think Duluth. That's, that's but... expensive. Um, yeah, that's very expensive. I like the chain. It's I do a good like look the chain. to set it off. It's very clean. I wish I could see his pants. Me too. Um, not my style, but I will give him an 8 out of 10. It's a good look. Next, we have Delpit. This is actually a very tame Grand Delpit look. He's yeah. got like a. Go ahead. I'll let you again. He's I, got, I, I think I it's like a much. leather bomber jacket. Yeah. yeah. Um, some chains. It's like a navy blue. Mm -hmm. Black pants. It's clean. It's nice. I don't like his shoes. They look like platforms, maybe. I just saw. Yeah, those are tough. They, they look, look like chunky. Wide toe. Yeah. Um,. He has the chain wallet. Is that like in now or am I, what's going yeah, on with I that? I don't think it's a wallet. I think it's just chains for mm. fashion. I do like the belt. It got some diamonds on that belt. It's very blingy. Yeah. Double, um, double, uh, double band on the, yeah. around the neck. The shoes are just a little too cloggy for it's a, me. It's a good Grant Delpit outfit. It though. is probably one of his better ones. I feel like he's been taking lots of swings and missing. So mm -hmm. seven out of 10. Okay. It's good for him. I really love this look. Very oh, yeah. plain. That's like, uh, who, this is I don't Walker. even know what, what kind of green is that label. That's Anthony Walker. That's yeah. a Kelly green. Kelly green. That's Kelly a green. sharp Kelly green. Mm -hmm. He's got two phones. Two phones. Two phones. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I like his fit. I love that Kelly green. It's very in right now. I like it. I just wish he would taper his beard. He's trying. It's it so is fluffy. off balance. It's yeah. way too fluffy. Yeah. Um, to talk with the stylist. That's a 9 out of 10. That's a good look. Yeah. The black and the green really go well together. Next we have, looks like Martin Emerson. I can't, I think it is. Hard to tell. Let me click on this little uh, icon here to tell us. It is Martin Emerson. He has a matching hood to his shirt. The sweater's cool. I really like that. But he's got little like Beavis and Butthead TV <laughs> for me. You know what I remember that? Like it's that kind of. Yeah, that is, um, that is it. The shoes are great. The His bags accessories are great. Are great. Um, the little knit head piece is just not doing it for me. Yeah, I got um, questions about that. If he if he just got rid of that, I'd give him a ten, but I'm gonna give him an eight. Strong grade. Uh, Miles goes with a pea coat, right, and some other he, things. He does here. have a pea coat on, and he's got like a little striped um, polo shirt on. It's nice. I don't know what the brand is. All I can see is E S T E. Um, Everybody's got that little Louis Vuitton bag. Is that like a thing? Everyone. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, I just love Miles though, so I. You feel can't like... keep giving him grades above <sighs> everybody. That's not a great Miles fit. It's yeah. not a great, but it's still good. Nine out of ten. It's whatever. Your grades Eight are. Eight and a half. You're you're grading on a scale for some of these. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, I love it. Black jeans, black coat. Looks like a Louis that coat. Is a, that is a Louis coat. It's a sharp look. I like mm -hmm. that coat. Good watch. I like that black shirt that fades into the yellow. It looks like he just picked it up. I don't. 
I don't love it because I oh. feel like he needs to do a little bit. I love the I love the Louis jacket. The shirt underneath is not doing it for me. The big fellas don't dress as well as the skinny that's, fellas. He can do that's, whatever he wants. I'm just I saying, care. don't grade him harshly. You should give like that's a good big man outfit. I love the I love the windbreaker. I don't love the shirt underneath. Six out of ten. That's ridiculous. Next is Dewan Jones. He's rocking jerseys like he always does. A little pair of Jordans. Uh, he just looks casual, comfy. This week we have, I think, Oscar Robertson on that one. The week before it was Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, big yeah. fella grade. Love the casual feel yeah. of that. I love I love his pants. They got some paint splatters. They got some distressed patches and all of that. Um, I need a little more effort. Mm. But I'm, I'll give him a 7 out of 10 because I like his pants. Note, be noted that Kelby does not grade offensive and defensive linemen the same way as skilled players. <laughs> so be careful with that when you're when you're talking about fit check. All right, now if you go to the stories portion of yesterday's section, we have some fits here. First one is Mike Ford, which we've not seen Mike Ford very much. Special teams days. I love this look. Mm-hmm. All black suit with the, with like a mock turtleneck looking deal yeah. underneath. Got the red handkerchief in the pocket, yep. in the breast pocket. Yeah. I love the chains with the band on the arm. That looks great. Yeah, I think he looks clean. I like the all black. Um, I don't think we've seen him at all before. I didn't know who he was until I saw this story. Not a big name. Get some ankle cleavage going on, yeah, too. I do. You know, I love some ankle cleavage. That is a 10 out of 10 for me. That's a good fit. Next up is Marquis Goodwin. We know he likes to go a little exotic. He's got like a whole jumpsuit collection here with mm-hmm. a bunch of different colors. I feel like we could dress one of our children in that, and that'd be yeah. a really cool fit. Yeah, I would wear this. I think it it's Looks either like wool or um, like a, I don't know what it's called, Sherpa. Sherpa. I, I think is what it is, but it's mm. like camouflage, but with green and blues and oranges and reds, and he's got some dope shoes on that are like silver. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an elite good one outfit. It's mm-hmm. got to be a 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's an 11 out of 10 for All me. All right. I love it. You got, hey. oh, oh boy. Is that Okoronkwo? That is Okoronkwo. Oh so boy. he's got a great upper body fit going on. He's got like the, the black sweater and the peacoat, but what, what are those pants? <laughs> he, looks tell like, us. he looks like he's wearing Muggsy Bugs pants and then Shaquille O'Neal's peacoat. Yeah. It's They're not intro. vibing well. I don't understand. It, it's very oversized. Um, it's like a matrix, like suit coat i don't yeah those the, whatever then, those pants are are straight out of the early 90s yeah late 90s he took a swing so i do appreciate that but this is a flop for me three out of ten You're being generous yeah okay we have one video we missed which has deshaun walking in uh, among some others so want to make sure we we get everybody we didn't get to because there's quite a few here uh i'll try to uh it's hard to stop and start this thing a few people are instagram users I guess you got to hold it down First is Deshaun. He's got like a – describe the suit. He's just got a nice little form-fitting um, striped plaid. Sorry, that's mm. the, that's what I was looking for. It's light blue, gray plaid, um, white shirt underneath, black tie, ankle cleavage, 10 out of 10. It's a good suit. He wears it well. He didn't play well, but he wears it well. All right. Next is uh, – let's see here. We have Denzel – He's got some leather pants. All right, give mm-hmm. this one to us. Yeah, leather pants. It maybe looks like a snakeskin jacket with some sequins maybe. I can't tell. It doesn't show him very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always looks fashionable. So I think he's worn those shoes before if we've yeah, seen probably. this correctly. Eight out of ten. So eight out of ten. That's actually yeah. not one of his better grades. But it is, again, it's a it's a sharp look when you – I think he's probably rocking the sunglasses like he always does. Got the roller well, bag. The leather pants are like tearaway pants. Yeah, Do you see that? Those are pretty slick. Mm. Donovan's wearing like 
I, I mean, it's tame for his standards, but that suit does not do it for me. Go ahead. Looks like he's wearing something out of the Joker's closet. <laughs> I would say it's more so like a um, Dumb and Dumber. It's an interesting. Um, it doesn't. It's not very form fitting. Yeah, but big, I, big and baggy is like in right now. I can't get with that. Well, I like it. It's purple. He always takes big risks, and mm. I think this one pays off too. So, oh. ten out of ten. I, and he's gonna you ask know, you, I love he, him. He's gonna ask you if you want to know how you got those scars. You gotta be careful. Oh my god! All right. Anyway, next one is we already saw Mike Ford. So, last one is David, who's yep. wearing. A great looking suit. That hair. It's tough to give him bad grades with the hair. Yeah, I do love his hair too. It looks like what's his sh- bag? No clue. It's a, like Pokemon? a bomber. It's like a it's like a bomber looking through um, there. Anyway, his fit is form fitting suit. It's like a charcoaly blue. Mm-hmm. I don't know the right term for that. Uh but it's also plaid. Looks great. It's almost like a matte looking plaid mm-hmm. uh, with just a plain white tee under it. And oh, it's, that might be more like a cream. It's pretty sharp. It might be a turtleneck too. I can't mm-hmm. tell. He has his head down. Um, yeah, it's very, very sharp. He wears it well. 10 out of 10. Love it. David needed to bounce back yeah. in, in the worst way. All right, that's a wrap for today. Fit check on point. Kelby, we really appreciate when you take some time to meander into the basement to talk about what these guys are wearing. Thank you. Oh, it's always my pleasure. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today. We'll be back with your comprehensive review tomorrow. Browns win. Enjoy it. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of different things going on, but your Browns did win. They are 4-2, and two, and that's pretty damn cool. So enjoy your victory Monday. Thanks for stopping by. Rate and review the podcast if you can on your way out the door as usual, and then $1 for your first month at the OBR. Thanks, guys. Thanks to Kelby for stopping by. Doing a fit check. And thanks to you guys for stopping by as well. Have a great one. Go Browns.